0: Sahana Bhatu Sahana करवावहे Sahavi Yam Karavahi section, and it's a beautiful uh, subsection, second one. It has the invocation, see, each of these Anuvakas, it has a, each each mantra, this is all one mantra. We are stopping, but really there is no stopping point. We are putting semicolons where they are not. Yeah, So, we are stopping alright, because there is no other way to teach it. And uh, so for teaching it is allowed, but when you chant, this is not a stopping point. And so we have to see this very beautifully, is that each of these Anuvakas are bringing out the glories of Bhagavan in different, different ways. And each of the Anuvakas being one mantra from two to ten, each one is one mantra, There is a phala, phala means a a fruit, yeah, please come this side everybody so that if anybody comes we can. So there is a, a fruit for chanting the mantra itself, which is very nice. And what is the fruit for chanting this mantra, you may ask, you know, and I'll tell you why later. First, many things happen as a result of chanting this particular Anuvaka. The first thing that happens is that you get inner clarity. Clarity with regard to my purpose, clarity with regard to my goals in life, clarity with regard to how and, you know, what kind of ambitions should I pursue. Because if people are confused about that, somehow the phala of chanting this anuvaka is to give clarity. So that is clarity on the relative level, is it not? On the relative goals, material goals and relative goals. But then that's not the only thing in life, especially for somebody who is interested in self-knowledge. We also want clarity to pursue the self-knowledge. So, this mantra gives Antakkarana Shuddhi. What is Antakarana Shuddhi? Nine-tenths of the preparation that is needed to assimilate this knowledge. You know? So, Antakkarana Shuddhi means that which makes my inner psyche, my mind, my heart free of dveshas free of excessive tamas and rajas, you know. What is tamas? Yeah, exactly. Everything is chalega, you know, that kind of an attitude. Of course, it is confusing because even the jnani has an attitude of chalega, but there is a big difference. Big difference between a thinking and saying, chalega, chalega, everything is okay, everything is fine. And then the jnani is saying, everything is fine. But what is the difference? The difference, simply put, is that the jnani's chalega is powered by tamas. And the jnani saying chalega is powered by the knowledge that all is Ishvara and everything is going as planned. And here we have to be careful because <laughs> sometimes we may think that we are very easy going, Sab chalta I am okay, you know. You are okay only because you don't have you to feel like nothing should be done and I don't want to do anything, therefore I am okay. That's different from seeing everything as thane. Thane means what? Everything is in place. Yeah, that's the thing. So how to tell the difference? It is very easy. You have to just uh, think about it and it is easy to tell the difference. You know, it's like that king, one foolish king was there, but thankfully he had a a wonderful mantris. Mantris means these uh, people, ministers. The cabinet was very good. So the foolish king said, you know, I, I don't feel like doing anything. And if I am only like this, then in my praja, in the subjects also, there may be so many people not wanting to do anything. Poor thing, who will feed them? Who will clothe them? who will give the roof over the head, and so he opened well a chowl tree how do you say that what is in English some kind of a dharmashala some uh, a hostel dormitory hostel whatever you want to call it, and he advertised sent the town crier and advertised that all lazy people please apply and check in to this motel. He, he opened one big motel for all the lazy people. This is very dangerous, isn't it? What happened? The whole kingdom <laughs> checked in. He had to not build. He had to keep on building rooms. Construction project was all underway. And the coffers of the kingdom, the treasury, all the nidhi, the kosha was being depleted. Completely. The, the kosha of the kingdom was being depleted while the pancha kosha of the lazy people was being repeated with all kinds of food and all they were doing is just sleeping the whole day. And pretty soon nobody was working, the economy of the kingdom was going down and the mantris thought this is terrible, you know. So they went and said, you know, lot of non-lazy people are also checking in. <laughs> what should we do? Lot of non-lazy people are there. They are checking in, and uh, they are they are checking in, and they are not checking out. You know, this is was the problem. And what should we do? And what should we do means what? The mantris said we have to take this, this is a serious matter, we shouldn't even deal with the king, we have to take it into our own hands say, what they did was they set fire around that big building where everybody had checked in. Of course and you know when the laziness means when you identify yourself as lazy then they, you get also quarrelsome because nothing to do the whole day and so you find fault with other people so those was all lazy and quarreling people. So then you know they wanted to honor the king's words and So they said, we are just going to smoke these people out, literally. So they set fire around the building and said, fire, fire. And all the non-lazy people
1: ran away as
0: fast as their legs would carry them. But four fellows remained still sleeping. (laughs) And one of them said, I feel a little hot. Now... (sighs) (laughs) Fire has come, you know, he was half asleep, in half asleep he said, I feel a little hot. And the second one said, it must be summer. (laughs) Third one said, no, 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 it must be the stupid sun because the lazy people don't like the sun because it's a call to action and waking up. And the third one said, this stupid sun must have risen two hours early and the fourth one did not wake up at all so then these four were deemed true Uh, what is that, deserving of this, uh, uh, you know, of this motel, lazy people's motel and the other people were booted back to their houses and made to work. So like this story, we have to look inside (laughs) ourselves as we embark on this second Anuvaka because there are are so many ways in which this, this Chalta Hai Attitude with regard to time, with regard to what needs to be done, you know, in a group setting, in my own home, all these, this is what I have to interrogate and I have to be alert, but I don't know how this Anuvaka will help you to be in the present time free of, of the uh, free of the trapping of the heart and the mind, the Antakarna, the Ahankara, the Raga, the Dresha, which makes one, you know, lackadaisical in one's daily routine. Because this is actually, this lackadaisical feeling is against the Hindu Dharma, totally against the Hindu Dharma. The Hindu Dharma is one of discipline, What kind of discipline, an inner discipline. The inner discipline that's just matched by the discipline outside, but really speaking, it's totally inner discipline. And without that inner discipline, one becomes, you know, it's okay. But there's a big mess in the middle of the room. Ah, it's okay. People are coming. It's okay. Let them pick it up. You know, this is <laughs> if this is our attitude, then, you know, this kind of builds in on itself more accommodative and more tolerant of your own laziness. Yeah, this, is, this, this cannot be allowed because this is very much, uh, you know, coming in the way of, of this teaching, which requires one to be alert and present. So this brings the mind to the present by rooting out this useless laziness, all, you know, all around and so this is the fruits of chanting the anuvaka and it gives clarity both relative and absolute and um, while when we embark on each anuvaka i will be telling the i will be telling in detail the fruits of chanting that what happens and one more thing about this anuvaka is that it it sings the glories of bhagavan from very interesting standpoints, there's a lot of reference to trees, and there's a lot of reference to colours, colours, trees. So the immediate thing that you see looking out of the window, at least what I'm seeing, trees and this colour. There's a big bush in shocking pink blooms. So this is what you see at any given time when you look out of the things, and so you see Bhagavan wherever your eyes fall. And that is the purport of the whole Rudram and it is brought out beautifully. So, Hiranya bahave, golden armed ones. Who is the golden armed one? This Rudra. Why well, golden arms? Shining. Oh, so the rest of him is not shining, only the arms are shining, you know. Maybe he has some radioactive neon paint, that's why the arms are shining now. Arms because they are, you know, this organ of action, you know, organs of action. And Bhagavan's action is affecting who? This fellow here, the jiva, correct? So Bahu is not just an empty, you know, title for Bhagavan. You know, golden-armed one means the one who is effulgent and whose actions are all infallible actions. Because this golden-armed one of infallible action, and you know it is very, very useful to invoke the Lord in this manner, because that means that two things. One is my intention that his actions always be what in favor of me is going to make it into a prayer that's going to assure that whatever Bhagavan does for me is going to be wonderful. And number two, it makes my own orientation towards Bhagavan as what as seeing everything that comes as favorable. Two things, do you see the difference? One is in praying my sankalpa, what is my sankalpa here? That may all your actions towards me and towards this jagat be smiling and wonderful. And the second one very connected to that is that may whatever comes from you, I see it as benign and not targeted. I am not targeted. So here in, in two-fold understanding of this mantra, I lose my subjectivity. And this is very important. Losing the subjectivity, because subjectivity is what is, uh, distorts the vision of the Veda, distorts the vision of Rudram, distorts everything, because you know, subjectivity means, I think, therefore it is. This is how everybody leads their life. I think, So, it must be true. Why? Because I feel it. This feeling business, you know, this feeling has to go. This feeling has to be peeled. Yeah. This feeling business cannot run the show. You cannot say, because I feel it is true. You know, feeling has to be, you know, understood as just my subjective coloring over a situation. And that is what comes in the way. Subjective colouring means my own ragadveshas. So take the paintbrush and paint the world as I see it. As the inner child sees sees it. And the inner child is just a bunch of fears, tears and unfulfilled and unfulfillable desires. Very scary? Yeah. If that starts to run the show, very, very frightening. (laughs) There is no objectivity. And even if such a person comes to Vedanta, then they will go away because they will fight with the people sitting next to them. They will fight with the teacher. They will fight with themselves. They will fight with everything because they are not able to look at it objectively. And so here, I am, you know, looking at the hands of the Lord as that which is capable of only doing what is infallible and therefore what is correct. And even if it affects me adversely, I learn to not be targeted or not feel targeted. Nobody is targeting. In fact, it is a benign jagat. We don't say that this jagat is born of suffering that is going into the realm of our Buddhist friends. This is what they say. This world is suffering. There there is a contradiction there. If you look carefully into the Buddhist philosophy as it's practiced, this whole world is suffering. And then they'll say everything is mithya, 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 mithya. They use the word mithya. Then what is satyam? Zero. Shunya. There is no satyam. How can you have mithya without satyam? Mithya means dependent reality. So if it is dependent reality, what is it depending on? Zero. How can it depending on? Zero means non-existence. How can something depend on non-existence? If something is there that is depending on non existent that something also should be non-existent. Correct? They won't say that. The world is suffering. Everything is mithya, mithya, mithya. But then what is your duty? Your duty is to remove the suffering of all sentient beings. These are exactly their words. And at one interfaith conference, they asked me to give a, you know, uh, what is that, some blessing, pray, at the end. So, I talked about, you know, I chanted that Sarve Bhavanta Sukhinaha and all this and said something about samsara and how I wish people, uh, you know, everybody everywhere is free of samsara, I concluded after saying that. Then one uh, Buddhist monk, a lady monk came to me and said, you know, I liked your prayer very much, but only one thing can you pray for me, separate, different. I said, sure, what is it? She said, don't tell me that I shouldn't come back. I want to come back. I said, why do you want to come back? Because I have to (laughs) relieve the suffering of all human beings or all uh, sentient creatures. This is my dharma, this is my duty. So all this, you know, is a little mix-up here. That is because of what I was saying, the subjectivity. See, my own subjectivity projects into and philosophies. This is dangerous. For which there are other followers who have the same subjectivity. You know, you may say, all this is wonderful. How do you know that Vedanta, as Vedanta followers, we are also not having the same subjectivity? No, this is about scouring out what I see, what I, you know, all the hurts and pains I have to see as not belonging to the present time and not belonging to the present people around me, not belonging to the Jagat in present time. No, but that person hurt me. No. No, but they did. You saw this person said hurtful things. No. No, but they did. All they did was triggered what was already there. A festering wound of huge proportions, uninterrogated, casting a pall on my daily dealings. So that, that's why I said earlier this gives clarity because when I see Bhagavan as Hiranya Bahu, as the golden armed one, and we already saw he's holding what? The Dhanu in his hands. He's holding the dhanush in his hands and what the, uh, you know, the stretched dhanu up till the ear, you know, ākarana pūrna, you know, then this one is, you know, up till the ear means very, that that uh, string is called jya, that jya is very tough to do that and uh, he is holding it up till there very interesting and so first when i look we saw how in the first anuvaka immediately i feel oh it's coming at me bhagavan hates me and we saw how that was resolved and here now that it is resolved i see him as a benign presence so even if it is not benign through my vision I make it benign because that is really what it is, even if it doesn't appear benign. So, namo bahave And then what? namahatu senanye. senam nayati iti senani. So, lots of Sanskrit is gorgeous. You can make up words as you go along, as long as you follow certain rules. It's beautiful. You know? Jayate iti jaha. You know? That which is born. And of what is it born? That substantive in the front will say. Like Padmaja. Born of lotus. Who is that? Lakshmi. You know? Janati iti nyaha. So that word janati is so long, but the one who knows, the agent of knowledge is just shortened in and what what that person knows is is the substantive to which this suffix can be added very beautiful kalpagha sarvagna agnya agnya is what the one who knows a no na janati iti agnya the whole thing is negated gya is negated by putting a the negative particle and then it becomes agnya Gatchati iti gaha you know, the one who goes, where and how the person goes or the thing goes, is in the substantive. Khagaha goes in space. What? Right. It can also be plane. Yeah. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Or, what is the other choice? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? or is it superman see all of them kagaha <laughs> ke chanti. you know so like this we can shorten these you know these suffixes are you know derived from the verb and the verb is made into a, a agent you know form and that agent is, is indicated, agent of what is indicated from the substantive and this verb which is made into an agent form, shortened, is this suffix. So, nayati iti ni, ni, you know, sena means ni, nayati iti ni, just like gachati iti gaha, so nayati iti ni, the one who leads. The one who takes, takes what? Senas, leads the senas, armies. Uh oh, now Bhagavan has become a warrior, ready to unleash a big battle against me. No, 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 this is a different kind of sena. What kind of a sena is this? Deva sena, a sena of celestials. Yes. This is a different kind of an army. Army means, you know, you have not to think of wartime. Think of all the peacetime reconstruction projects for which the army is used. You know, road building, tree planting, all these kinds of things. So here, you know, this, how the air blows, the wind blows in a certain way, correct? And it is all in the order Even in places like Oklahoma and Florida, typhoons and this, what is that, storms, tropical storms, all these things, they are also in order. No, 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 but it is global warming. Well, the result of global warming is in order, in order to, you know, in in keeping with the wrong actions that we as a humanity are doing and have done against the ecology, this is what is in order. And if you look at all the hurricanes, see the word hurricanes immediately shows it is sent by Hari. Simple. <laughs> right, sent by the Lord immediately. You can see that. And when you look at the path of these hurricanes, it's very interesting. All of them follow the middle passage. And what do I mean by the middle passage? The same passage from where from the African coast all the slave ships carrying all these sad, miserable people in chains used to come and deliver them to the American shore so all the plantation owners would take these people as personal property exploit them, make them work hard, no holidays, nothing discriminate against them some legacy that we still have So all the hurricanes are coming the same route. You see that, that the slave ships followed. This is not an accident. So Senani means the one who is, you know, in order to keep this order, the one who sets this order marching forth with the help of celestial, what? Devatas, Yakshas, Gandharvas, Kinnaras, all all these help. So, Bhagawan, help means what? This is Bhagawan only. It's not that, you know, Bhagawan has got Sena eating and then you have to feed the Sena. No, not like that. It is Bhagawan itself manifest in a certain way. Like, for example, there is a connection, you know, between this body, mind, sense complex, on the micro level, Adhyatmika, and then what? My own surroundings, which is called adhibhautikam, the immediate surroundings. And that over which I have no control, Daivikam. So from the standpoint of the law, like even something very simple as vayu, breathing. So vayu is, what I call vayu is surrounding me, correct? Yeah, because if you have any doubt, you go like this, that, that whatever you encounter, that is vayu. This vayu is surrounding me, is it not? Yes. Now take a deep breath. What happened now? You can breathe. You don't have to hold the breath. You can breathe out. Yeah. So, when you take a deep breath, what happened? You took in the vayu, correct? That which is adhi-bhautikam became what? Adhyatmikam. I have taken it in. And now it is no longer known as vayu. What is it? Prana. And both are Ishwara, really. Vayu is Ishwara. How do we know? Namaste Vayu. You know, Pratyaksham. Brahmasi. You, you are the immediate manifestation of Brahman that I always encounter. In every breath. This is what it is. In every breath it is Brahman alone, understanding of Brahman, nothing other than Brahman that I am encountering. Namaste Vayu. And then I breathe in prano vai ishvara Prana is nothing but Bhagavan. And what is the law that connects this vayu to this prana? How come the vayu goes inside the lungs and comes out also? This we have to see. Because vayu can decide what has this person achieved. You know, 60 years finished. Celebrated, uh, what is that? Shastadji 60th birthday also celebrated. What has this, uh, you know, fellow achieved? Nothing. Has been a burden to everything, including Mother Earth. And Vayu is mad. Vayu says, why should I come out? I'm not coming out. Because this person doesn't deserve it. I'm going to stay put. No. Comes out, there is a law. And then there is one time to not come out. That's why it's called last breath. (laughs) But it will only happen in command of what? Adhidaivikam. Adhidaivikam is that vayu and that which connects the, uh, the whole jagat. From the standpoint of adhibhautikam, adhyatmikam, that which connects the vayu to prana and all and the law that makes the vayu go in certain places including your lungs at certain appointed times and you know the vayu visits the lungs this is you know this is what is called that law so vayu is Ishvara prana is Ishvara so the Adhisthana Devata is also Ishvara and then the law that connects the vayu to the prana also what? Ishwara. The whole thing is Ishwara. But then we still say Sena because we we have a very sophisticated understanding of this Bhagavan. And so what we do is, we see it as Ishvara with reference to particular forms and functions. That is what this Sena is. So we have Adhisthana Devata for everything. Big Devata. The east, you know, Aditi, uh, the sun, is, uh, is the Adhisthana Devata of the east. What is the Adhisthana Devata of the south? Ah, Lord Yama. That's what it is. So, like this, we have Adhisthana Devatas of even our sense organs. Tongue and, you know, the, the, the sense organs and organs of actions. Vak is governed by fire, Agni. That's why we say fiery speech. Speech is often fiery. I don't want to say this, but I already have said things. (laughs) And the other person has promised never to speak to me again. What should I do? You know? (laughs) These things happen because Mr. Agni is Lord Agni is governing the speech. That's why it's so hard to, you know, manage what to manage the vak. That's why you have to say that uh, that little uh, sukta that comes for vak. Namo chodita. You have to say that. That uh, it's difficult to learn. Again, like these anuvakas, it has only one uh, full stop at the end of a long paragraph, but it's very good to. to chant that or if that is difficult to learn every day just say jihwa me madhumattama repeat jihwa me madhumattama jihwa me madhu There are swaras jihwa me madhumattama madhumattama jihwa My tongue always be coated by honey, dipped in honey, pickled in honey. (laughs) So a tongue that is pickled in honey will what, you know? Yeah, will only say sweet things. But what if I am vegan? Dip it in agave syrup, okay? Yeah, This is metaphorical. (laughs) You can't take it literally, okay? Yeah, this is metaphorical. So Senani, uh, you know, Tasmai. Senanye, you know, this is the fourth case because Namaha is governed by the fourth case. So all the words will all, you know, the you know, that is being uh, uh, the object of Namaha will be in the fourth case. So Senani plus, and then Tasmai Namaha. senaanye Namaha. So namaha to. The one who is the leader of all these. Think of all the ways in which this whole world is held afloat. You know, all the helpers, all the adhishthana devatas. When you count the vasus and. like if you read the 10th chapter of the Gita, you understand how many things are there that are set in, that is helping, how many forces, how many forms, how many functions are helping keep the world afloat and in motion. This is just in the Hindu tradition. If you look at the ancient Greek tradition and add all those Bhagavans forms, then if you look at the Roman tradition, if you look at any indigenous traditions, then you have a veritable army of What? Various forms and manifestations and functions of Bhagavan that keep this complex world afloat. There is even adishthana Devata of the mind, adishthana Devata for the ears, for the Buddhi, Brihaspati, like this. All this is, you know, is is, uh, made sure to go in the proper way, in the proper manner, how it should unfold without any fallibility. So therefore... You know, senanye namaha. Then dishan cha pataye namaha. And also namaha to the dig dikpati The directions. The directions have their own energetics. That's why nobody wants houses facing west. Yeah. West facing houses is a problem. Why? Huh? The sun goes down, that is the place where the sun goes down. In fact, there is no sun that is going down, the earth is moving. We know that. But still, the apparent reality, on the level of the apparent reality, the sun is going down and if I face the direction where the sun is going down, then can't even do Surya Namaskara, you know, what is the point? This meaning, the fortunes will also go down of the person whose house faces west. This is the rule, vastu rule. So the directions have their own energetics. But then you can't have all the houses face east. Although I I hear that in certain subdivisions in Atlanta, that is the rage, vastu rage. You can't have everything face east. Okay, okay, north. Okay, okay, northeast. Northeast Ishanya, very, very, uh, supposed to be wonderful. South is not, again, very desirable. Because ruled by what? Uh, I don't want that. So, like this. But then, you know, don't have a complex. Oh my God, my house is facing south. What will happen? Nothing will happen. Yeah. So, all that's... <laughs> See, immediately I could tell people were are already thinking. I say, yo, my house is not only facing south, it is facing southwest. What should I do now? You know? Acha hai because that's why we are chanting here, Dijanthapataya Namaha means the one who is Bhagawan everywhere. All directions you have to come out of this. They have their energetics alright, but it is overridden by the fact that this is all Bhagavan. Wherever you see is Bhagawan, every direction is Bhagawan, the cardinal directions are Bhagavan, the non-cardinal directions are Bhagavan, up is Bhagavan, down is Bhagawan, everywhere that you don't even see is Bhagavan you in the Ganapati upanishad there is that wonderful this thing ava pashta at ava purasta at avo uttaraata at ava dakshinaata at ava jorbhaata at ava dharaata and then what sarvato mam paagi that you can repeat Sarvato, ma'am. And you, Rama, just to say how much I said, no? So you can at least learn the Swaraj. <laughs> Sarvato, ma'am. Sarvato, ma'am. Pahi, pahi. Pahi, pahi.
1: Samantha.
0: Samantha. Sarvato, ma'am. Pahi, pahi, samantha. Samanta. Sarvato,
1: ma'am. Pahi, pahi, samantha. See?
0: for those who are worried that their house is not facing the proper direction. Yeah. You can even put it, to, write that on a nice little plate and hang it. Yeah. Wonderful. sarvato Sarvatomam pāhi pāhi samantat jihva me
1: madhumattamā
0: jihva me madhumattamā
1: Yeah,
0: see? Two things of uh, great use we have learned today, thanks to Anuvaka number two. Yeah, this is very nice. So, Dishancha cha namaha. So, unto the one who is the, the Lord of all directions, everything, and you can see that you can see the, when we are scared of the house facing a certain direction or myself facing a certain direction, when we are frightened, that means we are stuck at the level of the Adhisthana Devata. Like South, Yama, oh my God. You know, Yama's dada is Rudra. This is what <laughs> we have to understand. We don't have to worry about Yama. You get in touch with the Tata of Lord Yama. Who is the truth of you? Who is Bhagavan? And yesterday we saw how Yama was turned into Vibhuti, right? In the Namaste Trikalagni Kalaya. Kalagni Rudraya. That is what we are thinking, see. Mrityu just runs, everybody runs from Mrityu, but Mrityu runs from whom? Unto that Bhagavan Namaha. Beyond whom there is no other Ishvara. And when I connect to that, the energetics don't matter. I have transcended the energetics. Yasya sarve Where? Gita, Bhagavad Gita. When I say where, you just say Bhagavad Gita. And then when I say which chapter, you say 15th chapter. Although this is not from 15th chapter, but still, the chances are it could be that, because that's the only one we know. So... Bhagavad Gita. Kama Sankalpa Varje. You know, everything is Shubha. And elsewhere, you know, in the 12th chapter, it is said Shubha Shubha Parityagi. Sabhaktaha Metriyaha. That kind of a devotee who grows, who initiates a, a cycle of self growth. what is Shubha and Ashubha? What is Ashubha? Inauspicious. Shubha? Auspicious. So this auspicious, inauspicious business can take you for a ride. And if you follow all the niyamas, you will not feel like getting out of bed. You will feel like checking into that uh, Raja's motel that I talked about earlier. (laughs) Where I don't feel like doing anything. And people sometimes are very particular. They will just uh, see, even when they turn on the shower, some innocent act like turning on the shower. Oh, whether the water is flowing western direction or eastern direction, oh my god, this is a bad omen. You You can start seeing omen everywhere. Omen, 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 omen. Then how to lead the life? You know? You can't be in that place. You have to graduate from that. Oh, so are all those superstitions and they are wrong? They are not wrong. They are right for for the people who don't have the privilege of Vedanta. Because they need a certain discipline, they need to know what to do, what not to do. But when you know what to do, what not to do, that's a model. It's like the training wheels on a child's bicycle. The child doesn't know how to steer. So the training wheels are provided. Once it knows how to balance, they can be removed. Because you don't need them anymore. You can't just clutch onto the wheels and then, you know, forget how to you know that that the point is to take off, to go forward. So, Shubha Shubha Parityagi, the one who, you know, doesn't have all this, and everything for whom is a good beginning, there is nothing bad, there is nothing, you know, nothing inauspicious, and that has to be assimilated. And when that is assimilated, then you understand the meaning of Dishan Chakataye Namaha. And then what comes next we'll chant the first line also
1: Here yeah. <tries>
0: And what are they? Harikesha You know, Harikesha is not uh, the, you know, it's not, it's, it's tempting to say, look upon the leaves as the hair of the Lord. That is not the idea. You know, it's like the town of Rishikesh, right? At first, I thought Rishikesh means all the bearded ones are living there. (laughs) Matted hair, bearded ones. So therefore, it is the Kesha of the Rishis. And in fact, even now many people think that. That's not the correct. Actually, there is a Ha there. Rishikesh. Rishika. Rishika means the sense organs. Rishikayam isha. The Lord of the sense organs, you know, Bhagavan (laughs) Bhagavan Krishna, who is not tempted by anything, who is beyond all desires, that is what it is. Rishi Kesha has because of upabhramsha has become Rishi Kesha. So here also, don't think that the waving trees are the hairs of the Lord, and then the Lord becomes some kind of a punk or what? You know, green hairs? No. Hari here is short for Harita. What is Harita? Green. Yeah. So, see the the hairs, you know, it's like the flowing hairs of all these trees in which I see the Lord. So, Namaha to the flowing green leaves, which are and also to the trees and which are immediately in my in my vicinity. And when I say namaha Bhya, then the vriksha we have to see the, the importance of vriksha in this uh, in this uh, Vedic and Vedantic understanding. The tree always means samsara. Why? Right? Huh? This a cycle. Seed, tree, seed, tree, seed, tree, seed, tree, seed, tree. Never stops. Keeps on growing, keeps on growing, keeps on growing. So the seed and the tree. The tree is always a metaphor for samsara. Which chapter? Ah, see, I told you. Whenever I say. <laughs> yeah. Udvamula Chandam si parnani yastam So, Parnani, these are the, you
1: know,
0: the green hairs. The green hairs means they are, they, are, they are compared to the hairs on the head. Not because they are green, but because when you cut the hair, what happens? It grows back. When you cut the leaves, what happens? It grows back and this is what samsara samsara you think you have cut through samsara you know you've cut through the nonsense and then what yeah many happy returns <laughs> that's why on the birthday everybody is told many happy returns oh dear jeeva here you are back but i thought you I had cut through all this. You no. Know, you know, in the Brahma Sutra, somewhere it is said that uh, even at the last minute, just before dying, a person, even a Jnani, this is very, you know, I don't want to dwell on this, but this is sad, but we have to, uh, since i am already started to talk about it, I will finish. <laughs> Even the jnani of full knowledge, you know, doesn't know whether he or she will come back or not, even at the last minute. Yeah, that's very sad. So then, after, after the last breath has gone and after the the, uh, the so-called, quote-unquote, soul, even though I don't like to use that word, the, you know, the prana has left the body, only then it is, you know, understood. And then there it is said, in elsewhere also it is said, that the person who has done a lot of punya, has pursued, you know, Vedanta has done everything, and has done a lot of japa, a lot of karma, the person says, oh, now I know why I have to come back, because this was forgotten. This is this person's understanding as the person is leaving the body. You know, don't get depressed. You know that is not the <laughs> that is not the point. But the point is this: the the force of the Samsara tree. I think I have felled this tree. Felled means cut the tree kind of a non-ecological metaphor but therefore you have to just take the spirit of it Yeah, This is not a this is not an encouragement for deforestation but you have to take take the spirit of what it represents. Samsara is represented by this mandu tree that never is, you know, stubborn tree that never goes away. This is what it is. So but then the Bhagavad Gita, which chapter? Ah, 15th chapter tells us how to fell this tree. So we need a special shastra, a special weapon, a sickle. A sickle to counter the sickness of samsara. What is that? Asanga shastrena dhridena. Dhridena means with certainty in my heart that I am not going to fall for this samsara loop anymore. So that asangatvam is the sickle. The sickle of asangatvam cuts through the nonsense of samsara, cuts through this tree which represents the cycle of becoming. Samsara means I am always trying to become something or the other. I am not content with myself. That's what it is. And I am not content with the others around me. But what about the others? Well, you spot it, you got it. That's why whenever I'm upset at someone else, I'm upset really at myself. This I have to understand, this I have to see. So, Namo Vrikshebhyaha Harikeshebhyaha Like the hairs on the head, they have a habit of coming back, these leaves of the trees. And then here I say Namaha to samsara itself. You know, it's not that I surrender to samsara, but I recognize that it is non-separate from Bhagavan. Even its apparent reality and the fact that I feel caught in it are nothing outside of the realm of the Lord. You know, that's why when you see Lord Dakshinamurti, he is sitting at the foot of the this uh, Negrodha, What is Nagg Nedgr- Nedgr- Banyan. Banyan, correct? Am I right? Yeah, the banyan tree is interesting because it's got these adventitious roots. In fact, what comes out looking like a branch actually goes and then recedes itself and then comes out. So the banyan tree is actually like animals, grows sideways. (laughs) So pretty soon you have one tree, then you have a grow, then it just grows. And so, Lord Dakshinamurti, the Adi Guru of the knowledge that cuts through samsara, therefore sits at the, you know, Vatataror Mule to represent that this knowledge of Bhagavan as the truth of myself, as the truth of everything, is going to cut through this samsara once and for all. Is just going to cut through. That is what is is the is the power of this knowledge. So that's why I told you this Anuvaka is going to cut through all the confusion. This is why. This one sentence is enough. Namo vrikshe namaha. And then what? Pashunam pataye, Pashupati. You know, and immediately we translate Lord of animals. You know? So it has nothing to do with me, correct? Lord of animals. I'm not an animal. In our dreams, we think that. (coughs) Actually, Pashu here means, there is a very special meaning here given. Pashu means everything that is needing to be kept up, fed and watered in the Jagat. Which includes what? This body. This body needs a watering hole. This body needs, you know, a food bowl every two hours. You know, whether it needs or not, I think it needs. (laughs) Nowadays, the small frequent meals are in fashion, okay? And people forget the small. What do they remember? Ah, Doctor said I have to eat frequently. This is what it is. So, this body itself is Pashu, because it feels burdensome, doesn't it, some days? Some days it's so difficult to drag this out of the bed. Pashu, it feels like a beast of burden. And then it does all kinds of things. You have to tell it, don't go there. No, 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 I want to go there. Don't eat this. No, 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 I want to eat this. So it will eat anything that is given, whether it's good for it, whether it's allergic to it, whether it needs it, whether it doesn't eat it, need it. The body is the best example of Pashu because it is bestial. <laughs> Acts like a beast. And so starting with this body, everything on this earth that is sentient, that, that needs to be watered and fed, the Lord of all that is called Pashupati. Where is he? Nepas. <laughs> there is a temple, you know, Pashupatinath temple. Yeah. It's not just Lord of Beasts, no. Pashupati. Pashupati literally means the, 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 the Pashu comes from Pasha. That that, that the, the thing that binds is this body. Otherwise the consciousness is free, correct? Why do I feel bound? Because I feel like I can't get out of this body. The body is like a suit. That body suit, you know the surfers wear? Except I don't know where the zipper is. You know, I can't remove it and, and fly away. So therefore, this... Brahman, this consciousness which is nothing but Bhagavan, feels trapped in this body which it drags around, especially as one ages. You know, the body is something that you drag around, you know, like even a Animal that is following you, or you have to make it follow you. Sometimes you don't know whether the dog is taking you for a walk or you are taking the dog for a walk. Usually I think it is the former because I see the dog in front and the owner in the back. That means the dog is leading, correct? Yeah, so, so, that's why it's not just called, so, all these bestial things starting with. Body and the bestial ways because I give in to the demands of the body without knowing that I have a freedom to override the demands of the body, whether it's good or bad, I give in to it. So the the what is this? This prakrita buddhi, which identifies with this Pashu-like body. So therefore, we have to graduate from prakrita buddhi to samskrita buddhi. What is Sanskrita buddhi? A buddhi that knows Sanskrit. <laughs> no, Sanskrita buddhi is a buddhi that has, has been trained to override the, the bestial needs of the body. That's what it is. Trained by what? Pashupatinath, the Lord of all things that are having these urges. That's what is Pashu. The body has urges. Suddenly, feeds are going here, going there, eating this, eating that. But I am the Pashupatinath here. With the blessings of Pashupatinath, I learn, with His grace, I learn how which demands should be met, which demands should not be met. I learn the middle path of not punishing and flagellating the body. But I also learn to not give in to all its whims. With whose grace? Pashunam Pataye. Namaha Poor Namadev, Poor Namidam, Poor Nad, Poor Namadachiti, Namada, Yapoor Namiva Om Shantishan, Tishan, Tihi, Harihi, Om Shri Guru, Namaha, Hari.